This is Brain Diet, episode number 122. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Before we get into today's episode, I just want to remind you and put it out there as I have been on past podcast episodes about what it is that I'm offering a free set your custom macros call. This is a call where you will meet privately with me over the phone and we discuss you and your body and what it is that you want to achieve. If you are looking to lose weight, then I can take all of your information based uniquely on you and your history with dieting, and I can deliver a custom set of numbers to say, if you implement this, you will move in the direction of your goals. Something like that that is so uniquely catered to your body is not something you can just get online from other people. Something that is sometimes difficult with the internet is they provide a general template for fitness and nutrition. Like if you do this, then you'll lose weight. If you follow this template, then you'll lose weight. But I think what's missing is your specific data, your body and all of its unique parts and elements. And that is what I take into account in these calls is I work with you. It's all for free. We just talk about you and your body and I'm able to deliver a set of numbers that will put you in the direction of your goals. So please sign up for that if you are interested. The link to sign up for this free call is in the show notes and I promise you it is well worth your time because of how specifically catered it is to your body and your goals. It's not something that you can really get elsewhere. With that, let's move into today's episode, Wisdom I'd Offer My Teenage Self. The reason this came about for me is This year is my 10-year high school reunion, and I went over the weekend to a vow renewal ceremony for one of my dear, dear friends from high school, and it really just took me back. It's so fascinating how connecting with old friends can take you back so instantaneously to a time that otherwise feels somewhat far away. And so as I was with my friends and reminiscing and talking about high school and our relationship and our experiences... It just took me right back. And there was so much emotion that came with it. And I think many of us can relate to this where connecting to our past in this way can be so much emotion, both positive and negative for a variety of reasons. And so it set me on this path of extra reflection on my teenage years as I was reminded of certain experiences and thinking just about myself as a teenager. And... I really thought hard about what I would say to myself if I could sit down and have a chat with myself 10 years ago. Um, I mean, 10 years was when I graduated, but 10, 11, 12 years ago. Just that version of me, that teenage girl going through high school. And there's so much value in doing something like this, in really reflecting on your past and thinking hard about what it is that you would say to that version of you. Because we have a relationship with our past self, just as we have a relationship with 
other people, with a spouse, with a partner, with a friend. We have a relationship with them, with how we think about them and how we um, appreciate them or don't appreciate them or resent them. We have a relationship with that version of us in the past. And if we are talking negative, negatively about that version of ourselves, if we aren't being kind to that past version of us, there are consequences. You have a relationship with that past version. You have a relationship with your current self, who you are now, and you actually have a relationship with who you are in the future. It all applies with how you are thinking about that version of you, wherever it is in your timeline of life. So as I was thinking about myself in high school, I wanted to be sure that I was cultivating a loving and kind relationship with her. Now, what I think I would do is if I could have a conversation with myself 10, 11, 12 years ago, here are some of the things that I would say. Initially, I would have, I think what I would call a love chat, love chat. (laughs) My initial love chat would start by saying, hello, 17-year-old Taylor Ann, I love you. And one of the main points that I would tell her is I would say, it is so hard right now because it is supposed to be. High school is hard for so many different reasons and everyone has a different experience and nothing has gone wrong because that's the case. You, Taylor Ann, 17-year-old you, it is difficult and that is exactly what it needs to be right now. We tend to have a picture of what life is supposed to look like. We do this as teenagers and we do this as adults. We think it is supposed to look a certain way and generally what it's supposed to look like doesn't match what it currently looks like. But for me in high school, Taylor Ann, whatever your experience is, it shouldn't be any different. It is so hard and nothing is going wrong. That's exactly what it needs to be for you right now. What you are doing is going through the river of misery, is what I like to call it. The river of misery is what's between you, where you are now, and where you want to be. And it is miserable. If you think about having to get a college degree, if you're somewhere right now and you don't have a college degree and you want to get a college degree, the river of misery is going through years of schooling and studying and energy exertion that's hard. Because if you don't do that, you won't get the degree. The river of misery is having to do hard things. The same thing applies to losing weight even. If you are where you are now and you want to be at a lower weight, what is required is for you to go through the river of misery where things are hard and you're uncomfortable and your body's doing something that it doesn't want to be doing. The body doesn't like to be losing weight. It's uncomfortable. It's not in alignment with survivalism. And that is the miserable part. But then what awaits on the other side of the difficulty is the end result that you're looking for. This also applies to, I even thought this of like having a baby. If you are somewhere now and you want to have a baby, it's hard. Sometimes having to conceive is hard alone, but then once you do, then pregnancy can be really hard. And it's not hard for every single person, but there are challenges put upon the body in order to create a different result. And then having to go through labor. I mean, that's like a wildly difficult thing, even with medication. Like it's just wild what women's bodies can do. But there is a miserable part in between I don't have a baby and I want one and having a baby. That's the river of misery. And that is what you are going through in high school. That is what you are doing is going through some difficult and miserable parts in order to get on the other side, whatever that is unique to you. Don't believe that it shouldn't be hard. In those moments, 
when it's so difficult, don't think it shouldn't be this hard. I think when you can just let things be hard, you eliminate so much pain because you're not thinking it should be different. You're just like, all right, this is hard and I'm just going to do it. And I would say, let it be hard and don't forget to breathe through it. When it's hard, breathe. I do this even like when I'm weightlifting now where you forget to breathe and you're putting stress on your body and you need to breathe. And that's what makes it a little bit easier is when you can breathe and do the hard thing. So that would be the first thing that I would tell myself in this love chat is I would say it's so hard because it's supposed to be. Nothing has gone wrong because it's really hard. Just let it be hard and know that it will be worth it somewhere down the road. The next thing I would tell myself, the goal is not to be happy all the time. I don't know that we concretely tell ourselves this, but somewhere along the way with phrases like, I just, I just want them to be happy. I just want to be happy. I just want to have a happy life. We say these things very innocently, but really it's such an impossible goal. And so especially as a teenager, when you look at other people and when you're on social media and you see quote unquote happiness, you subconsciously develop this goal to attain that. I just want to be happy. And this goes back to my first point is then when it's hard, it's like, wait a minute, this is wrong. I should be happy all the time, right? We argue with it versus saying this is hard and it's supposed to be. The goal of being happy all of the time is impossible. No one is going to be happy all of the time if they are a human. (laughs) As humans, we are supposed to feel an array of emotions and it wouldn't make sense if we didn't. So telling myself as a teenager, remove this goal, whether conscious or unconscious, subconscious, remove it, remove this attempt to try and be happy all the time because that's not the goal. Just let yourself feel what you're feeling. If you're happy, great. If it's hard, great. That's all exactly what it needs to be. Nothing different. And I kind of laughed at myself because this initial love chat is essentially saying like, yeah, it's hard, just let it be. And don't be, don't try to be so happy all the time. <laughs> like it sounded kind of morbid. Like, yeah, it's hard and yeah, you're going to be sad. But the truth is, it's okay when you're sad. It's okay when you're anxious. Because otherwise, you're just anxious about being anxious or you're sad about being sad. This is why I believe this would have been so important to sit down and talk to myself in this way because if we can let it be hard, then when it's hard, we're not mad on top of it being hard. And when we're depressed or anxious, then we're not angry about being depressed or anxious. We're not anxious about being anxious. So though it sounds a little bit morbid, it's actually freedom to be able to say, this is hard and I feel a lot of negative emotions and nothing has gone wrong. It is okay to be where I'm at. It's okay that it's hard. It's okay that you're anxious. Just let that be a part of your experience in that moment. And I would say, you are doing a great job. Just you wait. You have no idea what is coming for you in the future. That would be my initial love chat with myself. My experience as a teenager was exactly what it needed to be. I wouldn't change a thing because what was hard then made life so much better now. Those rivers of misery that I went through that were so difficult yielded something on the other side that I didn't even know was coming. Those were lessons I needed to learn. It was the curriculum that I required to grow into the next version of myself. If I hadn't had those experiences, I wouldn't have moved on and progressed as a person. My experience was perfect for me. And I would tell myself that 
everything is perfect right now. It's so hard and that's perfect. I promise. Just let it be hard. Take a breath and you'll be okay. Moving on, my tips I would offer that would have been really helpful for me at the time. I extend these tips to all teenagers now. I say that though with the caveat that this actually applies to everyone. The amount of times I have heard from clients after we've worked together, after we've started to introduce some of these coaching tools, after we've learned some of the skills that I teach in my program, without fail, I hear some version of, oh my gosh, if I would have had this when, if I would have had this when I was in high school, if I would have had this when I was going through a divorce, if I would have had this when I was raising young kids, if I would have had this when I had teenagers. Everyone says this because all of these tools are applicable at any age. So while this would have been helpful for me in the past, like I said, of course, my experience was perfect, but I think these things are skills that are valuable to any teenager and to any human. So here are the tips that I would offer to myself as a teenager, to all you teenagers listening, and to all you listeners, period. Think about how this might apply to you. Thing number one, tip number one, get to know what you are thinking at all times. What you are thinking is like a soundtrack that's running all day, every day. Now, for me, I hate, I mean, I don't hate, I, I, I have no interest in like heavy metal screamo music. I've, I've attempted to listen to it. I don't care for it. If I had that running in my head all day, every day, I would go mad. It would be terrible. It would be awful for so many different reasons. This is kind of the effect that our thoughts have on our experiences. They are like a soundtrack. And imagine if you had a type of music that you hate running loudly in your brain all day, every day. Your quality of life would not be super awesome because it would just be draining mentally and painful to constantly be having this soundtrack running in your head. So getting to know what you are thinking gives you the authority to decide whether or not you want to keep thinking it. Be certain that you are choosing a useful soundtrack on purpose. So you have a soundtrack of thoughts about yourself, about your life in general, about your day today. You have thoughts that are forming opinions about all of these things. And they all come together to create a soundtrack. In order to create a soundtrack that you want, you have to get to know what you're thinking. You have to pay attention to the thoughts that are going through your mind. Then once you get to know those thoughts, you can recognize your authority over them and become the dictator of them. That would be the first tip is to get to know what you're thinking at all times. The second thing that I would offer myself and everyone else is the only thing that's between you and what you want is what you are thinking. There's something called a belief ceiling. Belief ceilings are thoughts that we have that we believe to be true that limit us. For example, when I graduated college, I believed that moms with kids didn't contribute financially very easily. Like I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Like if you are home with your kids, the possibility of you making substantial amounts of money was out of the question. 
Like I remember, I think I've told this on the podcast before, but I had started an airbrush tanning business before we had kids. And it was so fun because I had never thought I would start a business before. So that was kind of a jump beyond my belief ceiling. Like, wait, wives don't start businesses. And so I had started doing it. And I remember I had made a couple hundred dollars in a month. And I was like, mind blown that I had the capability to make a couple hundred dollars. Now I had worked before, but there was just something about having my own business and being able to make a little bit of money. My belief ceiling at that point was that moms don't make hundreds of dollars. Moms make minimum wage at best. And that was the limit to what I believed. But once I started to question, wait a minute, maybe it's possible that moms with kids can make even more money than that. Then I started to pursue that with curiosity to be like, wait, how could that be possible if that's true? And since then, I have built a a business, a profitable business, seeing clients from my home, never having to leave the house, all with two kids that are five and three. But the only thing that created that, that changed that for me was me changing my thoughts was me recognizing the limits I was putting on myself with the thoughts that I was thinking, like moms don't make money. The second I started to question that and change that, I started to change my life. So whatever it is that you want to achieve, the only thing between you and it is the thoughts that you are thinking that are getting in the way. So that's what I tell myself. That's thing number two. Now, the next piece that I would offer myself is very different from the mindset piece. I think what I've shared so far in this episode is the mindset pieces for myself as a teenager. When it comes to physical actions to take that are helpful, useful, vital, I would say, for overall health, that's where I want to share a little bit of that of what I would say if you're a teenager, or again, any person this applies, but especially as a teenager, here is where I would start for someone that is trying to take care of their health when maybe they don't have a lot of resources or a lot of knowledge. Four things that will help any teenager's health immediately are number one, water. Aim for every day at least half your body weight in ounces plus 15 ounces if you work out. A lot of people are on like the gallon train. I'm totally a fan of that, but sometimes that's just not realistic for people. That's not what they want to shoot for. So I would say minimum half your body weight in ounces plus 15 if you've worked out. The second thing is to walk 10,000 steps a day. Track it in whatever way that you can, but make sure that you are moving. All of these four things that I'm going to be sharing contribute to physical health and thus contribute to mental health. And this next tip, I would say, if you take away anything, this is going to be the main tip that I think is most important. And that is to go to bed and wake at the same time within an hour every single day. I think that the correlation between quality and quantity of sleep and mental health is one of the most important and most influential behaviors when it comes to how we are feeling mentally and emotionally. So when you can go to bed and wake up at the same time within an hour, you immediately give yourself an advantage in just about every meaningful way. I know that sometimes people like to wear it as a badge of honor when they stay up late or when they pull an all-nighter to study. And I would offer you that sleep is going to trump 
all else for so many different reasons. So again, we've got water, walk 10,000 steps, going to bed and waking at the same time within an hour. And then the last piece as a nutritional piece is I would say for teenagers to prioritize protein every time you eat. And again, this applies to everybody. I think we all should do this. We are all under fed when it comes to protein. But for teenagers, just to give them every advantage as they are growing and thinking and learning, there's so much that's happening. Prioritizing protein is going to help with your mood, with your hunger levels, with your sleep quality. Prioritizing protein is very effective when it comes to achieving overall health results. So those are the four actionable things that I would offer to myself as a teenager and I am offering now to teenagers and to people in general. Water, walking 10,000, 10,000 steps is arbitrary. That number is arbitrary, but the idea is just to get your body moving. There's so many benefits to doing that that have a trickle down effect to everything else. So there's water, walking, going to bed and waking at the same time within an hour and prioritizing protein every time you eat. It really is that simple. It doesn't have to be super complicated to be able to change how you are feeling. All of this to say, it's important to reflect on who you were in the past. And it's important to reflect on who you are now and your relationship with those versions of yourself. And to pay attention to the soundtrack that you have about those versions of you and decide on purpose if you want to keep it or change it. And then to take action from love for yourself and say, I'm going to hydrate myself to make sure that I'm giving my body the water and fluid that it needs. I'm going to walk in order to improve my circulation and help all the things that I'm eating and doing to get into my cells and nourish me. And I'm going to go to bed at a reasonable time, wake up at the same time within an hour every day. And I'm going to prioritize protein because that will help in so many different ways. All of that coming from a space of love for yourself now. Be sure to love on yourself now, love on that version of you from 10 years ago, and love on that version that's 10 years away. And trust that that version has similar things to say to you now. Everything is okay. You're doing a great job and it's hard and just let it be hard. That's okay. Don't try to be happy all the time. Let yourself feel what you're feeling and don't try to argue it away. Those relationships are so important. That's all I have for you, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Are you ready to lose weight, but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free set your custom macros call. On this call, I'll want to know what your goals are and set you on the nutritional path to achieving them. This is a private call with me where I get all the information about you and your body so I can deliver a custom calorie and macronutrient count that when implemented will lead to weight loss in a kind and nourishing way. And if you're ready to hire a coach to walk you through every step of your weight loss journey, I'll tell you everything you need to know about that too. So if it's your time to start losing weight in a sustainable, healthy, and nourishing way, sign up for this free set your custom macro call at the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon. Thank you.